Hi, welcome back to Command Line TV. This is episode 8, and what are we going to talk about today? Uh, well, last time we spoke about image magic. We did a lot of uh, image manipulations. Uh, I guess today we'll talk about package management and how to actually get image magic and other software onto the computer. Yeah, it's uh, probably not installed by default on whatever system you're using, so you definitely will have to uh, install it. And package management is an important topic in um, Linux systems and other Unixes. So because package managers, I think, are one of the real advantages of Linux systems. Um, basically, when you want to install new software, there usually are these archives or repositories of software that's already been um, configured and prepared to run on your system. So you just have to know the right commands in order to uh, search those and figure out what you need to install and then get it installed. Um, these package managers also figure out the dependencies for you. So if you have one piece of software that depends on other pieces of software, it can go and install all of them together um, and make sure that all gets managed. So I know on Windows, you usually have an installation wizard that walks you through every single step of installing software onto the system. How does that differ using um, Ubuntu or Linux? Um, the way software is installed on Windows is a little different. Um, those wizards might ask you some questions about like where you'd like to install stuff. That's not usually a choice on, um, on the package managers on Linux systems. Um, they install in standard places. And sometimes the package managers will ask you other sorts of questions about configuration and so forth. Um, but the big difference is that Windows packages tend to be either entirely self-contained, which means that you can install the software and you don't need it to install other pieces of software for you. Or in many cases, for more complex stuff, you might have to chase those dependencies manually. So I might want to install some IDE that requires the compiler to be installed separately first. Um, and then I have to tell the IDE where the compiler is and all sorts of things like that. Um, so the story on Windows is a little simpler and a little more complex. It all depends on what you're, you're trying to accomplish. Um, but another problem that Windows suffered from for many years, and it's gotten way better recently, um, is what we call DLL hell. Um, and DLL is the dynamic libraries that Windows used. Um, what would happen is there might be a very common library or dependency of multiple software packages, and that would be represented as a file with the extension DLL. And then Say you install package one, which requires it, and package two, which requires it, they will each bring their own, but maybe install it in some central place where they could conflict with each other. And so if one of them over installs the other one, but they might be different versions and the other one's not expecting the new version, there are all kinds of problems that can happen. And so a very strict system of package management helps tame this problem. Each package specifies explicitly its dependencies and what versions of those dependencies. And in some cases, it has facilities so that multiple versions of the same software uh, or same library can also be installed. But this takes a lot of uh, effort to put together, and it's one of the reasons that um, you know, Linux 
distributions put a lot of work into making this stuff as simple as possible. In today's episode, we'll be using Ubuntu, which uses apt package manager. Um, but what are the options do we have in terms of package managers? So it all depends on the system that you're running. Um, the Debian and Ubuntu systems use apt, as you mentioned, um, and other, other derivatives of them also use it. Um, Red Hat systems and um, Fedora use something called yum, Y-U-M. It pretty much provides the same type of facilities. The commands are just slightly different. I, on my laptop, use Arch Linux, and Arch Linux has a command called pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N. And then on the Mac, the Mac App Store is fine for like um, these self-contained applications, more like the Windows style. But if you want to install software that's common on Unix, including libraries and compilers and things like that, um, you probably want to get a package manager on your Mac. The one that seems to be very popular now is called Brew, um, and it does package management a lot like um, apt or yum. There, historically on the Mac, have been other ones. Uh, there was one called Mac Ports and one called Fink and a couple of other things, but I think Brew is the best solution for now. So like I said, today we'll be using uh, my Ubuntu as opposed to uh, your, your Linux device. Um, here we have my Ubuntu terminal. Um, when we start with apt, what would be one of the first things we would um, do in terms of finding downloads? Yeah, so um, the command that is most useful for finding stuff is called apt cache. And it's all one command but with a hyphen in it. And then you would do a subcommand after that called search. And then you can put a keyword or a name of a package or something like that. So why don't we try searching for image magic? Try that. And we got a lot of stuff out of there. Um, all of it has some relationship to image magic, but maybe we want to, um, I don't know, scroll up or pipe it through less or something so that we can look more carefully at those. Right. So near the top, I see image magic as a package name all by itself. Each line here is a package name followed by the space dash space and then a description. Um, so image magic all by itself is the name of a package and that might be the one that we want. Um, you can see other ones that are interfaces for programming like um, it says C++ interface to image magic and so on. So let's see if we can just find more information about one of those packages. Uh, so I'm going to quit the less output. Yep. And let's do apt cache show. And then the name of the package. In this case, it's got to be the name of a package, not just a keyword. But this will give us a lot of details about this package, including a longer description. Um, and if we look up a little bit, it has the version number. This is um, 8 colon 6.77, something like that. Uh, and then the dependencies. So it shows what other packages this depends on and what version it requires. It's a little bit flexible about, you know, so libc6 has to be a version greater than or equal to 225. Um, so if a new libc6 comes along, it should still play nicely with image magic. Um, and then there's a list of packages that it recommends or suggests. 
These are not installed by default like the dependencies are, but they might be other tools that work with it in some ways, and you might want to look at that list and get other ideas of things you might want to try. So I think we're ready to try and install this. The command to install isn't based on apt-cache, but it's called apt-get with a hyphen. And then you just say install and the name of the package. Yeah, let's try it. Oh, what happened there? Uh, I still have to do a sudo. Yeah, permission denied. So sudo is a command to um, get us administrative access, assuming that we're allowed to do that. And periodically with that, you'll have to type a password. Okay, so it's installing several packages um, in addition to um, ImageMagick. It has some stuff here about update alternatives, which we can look at. Um, but now you should have the commands like um, convert and modify and all that. Just see if they're available. Yep. Yeah, so which tells us where a command is. And um, those are now installed on this system. And we can start using them. So on Windows, normally once a program is installed, it'll update automatically. Um, how do we go about making sure all our programs are up to date on an Ubuntu device? Yeah, so some Ubuntu systems are configured to do what I'm about to show you periodically by itself. Um, if it's not, though, it's perfectly easy to do it uh, yourself. So what we're going to do is run a command also on apt-get, but the subcommand is update. So apt-get update. And this will basically contact that package repository and see what the latest versions, we do have to be admin for that too. It'll see what the latest versions are in these package repositories and download the version information so that we can see if there's new stuff that needs to be downloaded. And you see some of the um, hits here that we're contacting are security.ubuntu.com. So this is the uh, repository where it keeps track specifically of security updates. So now we've got the latest package lists, and we want to see if there are new things to upgrade. And that's apt-get upgrade. Also, we need sudo. It will ask us to confirm after showing us the packages that it wants to upgrade. So basically, it says the following packages were automatically installed and no longer required. I'll show you how to get rid of those shortly. Um, but the next section, the following packages will be upgraded. Those are things that uh, where there are new versions available, so we can just press enter or say yes um, to let that happen. And it'll go and fetch those latest versions and install them. So on Windows, we could easily access the uh, program files to see what applications we already have installed. How could I do the same thing using the command line? So there's a lower level tool that's part of the apt system called called dpackage, dpkg. And if you run that with a dash l, dash lowercase l, just that by itself will give you the complete list of all the installed packages. Technically speaking, the, the double i at the front means that it's installed, and then following that is the package name and version and description. Um, that was a lot of output, so we could, of course, use less and grep and stuff like that. But also, you can put a pattern right after the dash l. So we could see like what's installed that has something to do with images or something like that. Yeah, star would, it's like match anything after image. Yeah, so this shows us that there's um, 
a couple of packages related to image magic. And one of them says UN before it. That means that it's um, not installed. The N means it's not installed. Um, but it may have been installed at some point previously, or else it, it probably wouldn't show up here at all. Um, let's go ahead and install that image magic doc package. This is supposed to contain documentation for the system. Now that the image magic doc has been installed, how do I locate it? So the files that are actually installed as part of that package can be listed, and that's dpackage-bigl, capital L. And then you put the name of the package afterwards. And that always has to be with the exact um, name, correct? Right. You can't just use a wildcard in this case. So it gave us a whole list of files here, which um, make up the documentation for this image magic package. And a lot of them are in this folder, user share doc image magic triple W, right? And there's a bunch of HTML files in there. Probably there's one called index.html. Um, you're using less right now to view this, so I'm going to show you one other cool thing about less, which is to search forward, you do the slash. So just hit a slash, and then start to type index, and press enter. And it jumped down and highlights um, an index.html, but that's part of the API, that's not the one that I want. So just hit slash, and enter, and it'll redo the previous search. That's part of magic wand, slash enter, and eventually, we get down at the bottom of the screen to one that's just part of the triple W itself. Um, and I want to open up that index.html so we can start to browse the documentation. Okay. So we can do that with nano, but because it is HTML, we're going to see all of the code and not the like rendered web page. So instead, um, Remember how we open images? There was um, XDG open, I think. Let's try that. There's a dash after the XDG. And try that on that user share doc. Yeah, sometimes you'll be able to complete it and sometimes not. Yep, and index. That opened up your web browser, and here's a local web page. This didn't go to the actual web. See in your web browser, it says file colon. So this is um, just a local HTML file you're browsing that has documentation for this entire system. And that's pretty cool. I like to have documentation packages installed a lot because um, I might want to browse how to do something when I'm not even connected to the internet. Now that we've learned how to install programs via the package manager, how would we be able to find out what commands or what packages certain commands belong to? Sure. Um, so dpackage has another option, which is the capital S. So let's try dpackage-s. And here you can put um, a file name, path name, fragment of a path. So let's try one of the image magic commands like mogrify. And this will show us um, 
a series of lines. Each one has a package before the colon and then a file name after the colon. So this is all of the files on your system that are installed by the package manager that contain Mongrify. And so most of them, of course, come from ImageMagic doc or ImageMagic itself. Um, there is one strange one there. The, uh, the package is called bash completion. And it's got something called Mogrify out there. And I believe this is because, um, so the completion mechanism in your shell is when you hit tab and it will complete a command that you're typing. Um, the fact that bash completion knows about Mogrify means that it might also be able to complete the options for that command, which is pretty useful. So let's try out Mogrify. And um, remember when we were resizing, we did, I think, dash geometry. So let's start to type dash geometry, but you can hit tab and it will actually complete that for you. So that's because bash knows about this command and that it has that completion for Mogrify. Um, you can also do like just a dash and hit tab, and then it will, I think, list. Uh, you might have to hit tab twice or something. And if there are a lot of possibilities for a completion, it asks if you really want to see them all. But now it's showing you all of these options that Mogrify supports, which is a crazy number of them. Um, but that's just a useful thing that uh, we learned that Bash supports this because we went looking for all of the files that contain Mogrify. So today we spent a lot of time with Ubuntu's package manager, which is called apt, and we learned commands like apt cache, apt get, and dpackage. Um, but there are other package managers for other systems. The concepts that we learned will mostly carry over, and what you'd have to do is figure out on a different packaging system the commands that are different. And it's pretty easy to find on the web, um, like a translation guide. If you're used to apt, how do you do this in yum? Or if you are used to brew, how does it look in Pac-Man or something like that? So um, maybe we'll have in the show notes some links to um, uh, some of those translations that are available. Uh, another thing that I do, even though since I'm a beginner at Ubuntu still, is I'll use a web browser to search um, different packages and different programs I can use and then practice that via the terminal. Yeah, so that, that search output, like when you're looking for a package to do something and you do apt cache search, it's pretty overwhelming what, what you get back from that because there might be tons and tons of packages that have to do with your keyword, but it's hard to tell what's what. So yeah, just searching the web and using Google in general is going to help you hone in on what program you might really be looking for. So what do we have in store for next episode? I think next time we're going to look at um, some more shell basics uh, that we haven't gotten to yet, like redirection. This means taking the output of a command and saving it to a file or getting the input of a command from a file. Um, we're also going to look at the back quote character. It's another way to combine different commands like the pipe, but it works in a different way. And the last thing I think we'll look at next time is symbolic links. Um, which is kind of a way, like we studied aliases, it's a little bit like an alias, but it works differently. It's a way of saving another name for the same content within the file system. So we'll get to those things next time. Thanks for joining us.